0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with yours Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him, but today I have a very special guest joining me, a voice you guys should be used to by now. Someone who's known to push back with my NBA predictions and we're going to do NBA season review, but had to bring in the big dogs. Had to bring my man Everett Terry Jr. at Sports Talk. Terry, what's going on, ET? Hey,
1: what's going on, man? It's always a good time to talk hoops.
0: Uh, we got a little scratchy reception for you. We'll give you a minute to uh, get situated there.
1: Can you hear me better now?
0: I got you now. There we go. We got you yeah, now. Yeah, I said it's always,
1: good, always a good time to talk NBA hoops. Always, always. And so we're doing
0: an NBA preview, and I started out with the low-hanging fruit Atlanta Hawks. I picked them. To, they're reluctantly embracing a rebuild, but they know it's inevitably facing them. They're well aware, and I said by the middle of the season, It'll be a fire sale in Atlanta. Then I jumped into the Boston Celtics, talked about how Boston's offseason moves. For the second year in a row, they struggled in the offseason. They're judging people off what's not happening on the floor, but they're trying to have a moral code thing. They got rid of, rid of a better coach, traded their heart and soul, blah, blah, blah. But here's where it's going to get interesting. Hey. The Brooklyn Nets. Now, I already know. I haven't even talked to you about this. I just told you the two things we were going to go over. And I left it at that because I know you and I are going to differ, defer in our opinions of what the Nets, where the Nets are going and what they're going to be doing. So I'm going to give you the floor first. The first thing I look at when I look at the Nets, I look at a division with the Sixers marks. the no, question marks there. The Toronto Raptors and the New York Knicks are the only teams where we know going in what we're going to get. We're going to get a Raptors team that's playing for the lottery. They're looking to build. They're, they're, they're not looking to compete. And we got a next team that believes that they've got an opportunity an outside shot to duplicate what the Miami Heat did, and kind of play a tough, hard-nosed way, or play a hard, tough nose style of play that will lead them to the NBA Finals. That's also, a question: We've got Miguel Bridges. There is no distraction of a uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. There's no uh, COVID testing standing on their way right now. They are a quiet team with a quiet offseason except for one player who shall remain nameless until I decide to move (laughs) that game. But where do you see the Nets? First of all, what are you expecting from the Nets and specifically Mikael Bridges for this upcoming season?
1: I expect Mikael Bridges to take that leap from a very good player to a guy that people may – you know, and mentioning the same elk as a top 20, top 25 player. He showed folks that he can be an elite scorer. He has a bag that is full of skill. And folks like watching him play. He's giving the Nets something to be excited about. And I'm excited for him. I really, really think that this is good for them.
0: You know, I, here's my thing about the Bridges. The book will be out on him this year. God, teams, organizations will have a chance to scout him. They'll have a chance to get an idea of what he brings to the table, what he can or can't do, and how good will he be. What what he can do and not just critical moments in a game in the fourth quarter when you need a bucket, but what's he going to do? And and I've shared this with you a thousand times. What is he going to do in the second quarter when the the guy he's guarding gets hot? What's he going to do in the third quarter when the team's been – when they've been up by 20 and the opposing team is just taken the lead. That's when you find out the type of player he's going to be. And I, I just don't think – I think he's a good player. I don't think he's going to lead up to what people think he's going to – I don't think he's going to be an all-star. Let me just start there. I don't think he's going to be an all-star this year. I don't even think he's going to be considered for all-star Consider. I don't think he'll be under all-star consideration. But I do like this team. I like this team a lot. They're a young team. They they've got one, yeah. one or maybe two players that have played. I gotta bring it up, but I think they've only got two players that have played more than six seasons in the NBA. You know, and the guys that they're quote veterans are guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, and, Dinwiddie. Din, Dinwiddie, and 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 Royce O'Neal, and and Dennis Smith Jr. So they're vets in name only. I'm really excited in watching. What Ben Simmons is gonna do this year? Come on, this guy. I know, I know, I know, and I'm gonna give it back to you so you rip me apart because I know you want to. But I'm and what he does when he's playing his game, how he impacts the game. is something that you just—it's things that don't come up in a in a stat, chart, stat sheet. And if you're not asking him to do things he's not capable of doing, doing things he's not comfortable doing. I think you get a different Ben Simmons. But the second reason why I'm excited is he's the veteran on the team. He's the only all-star on the team. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Dinwiddie's ever made an all-star game. No. I don't think he's, ever, he's the only all-star on the team. He's the only all-NBA player on the team. He's the only guy on the team that's had, stop me here, expectations. So... He may not He's be the a- leader, but he can be the guy that can can say, you know, I, I'm, I'm the I team that. What?
1: No, <laughs> no, no. And, 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 and so I let enough of this Ben Simmons uh, preposterous slander go on long enough. Listen, first of all, Ben Simmons does not want to play in the NBA. Ben Simmons wants to collect the check. And lay up with Kardashians. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get his little fancy cars. He wants he to shoot videos in the summer and card- him making years. jump
0: shots. He hasn't dated a Man, Kardashian. Man, listen, Jenner's
1: Kardashians. It don't matter. At the end of the day, this guy does not want to play basketball. He doesn't have a heart, a desire, or a drive. His entire life, everybody spoon-fed everything to him. Nobody held him accountable. Nobody put his feet to the fire. And when he came to the NBA, the worst thing that ever happened to him was to get a coach that he knew since he was a kid who was going to do what everybody else in his life did to him. So by the time Doc Rivers got to him, he didn't know what else to do with him but to try to keep the same thing, hoping that Ben would grow up on his own. And what did Ben do? Ben gave him, the Sixers, the Nets, and everybody else their ass to kiss and say, hey, listen, I'm going to claim mental health. And there's nothing against, before I go any further, there's nothing against having issues with mental health. I'm a big proponent of it. But there's also a difference between people who legitimately have issues with mental health and people who are faking the funk. And from everything (laughs) you've seen from him, if he can still manage to find a way with his mental health to be so fragile about being in the NBA, then why is he going to the arena to practice, to get game checks, uh, to stay on the roster so he doesn't get fined? Good enough to do that. Good enough to come to the arena with street clothes on, good enough to practice and play ball all summer, but not good enough to get in a game and take a basket, make a jump shot, defend a player. The Nets were comfortable with him just coming in, being the four, guarding guys at positions necessary and be a stopper. They didn't even need him to score. They had scores. Nope. He didn't want to do that either. Jacques Vaughn don't know what to do with him. He's he has no footwork in order to play the four. He's too light to play the four. He's got the height, but doesn't have the, doesn't have what's necessary. He can't give him the ball. What position do you put him at? He's Daggle's trying to shoot guard because he don't shoot. So what position are you gonna put him at? Small forward? You got Mikel Bridges playing your small forward. He's a guy that just does not fit. I don't see him ever getting another good career. I mean, another good contract for the rest of his career. Vet minimums the rest of the way. Only because he's so young, a, champion scene, a championship team will get him and bury him and just bring him in during jump time because at least he can come out there at 6'11 and stand up with his hands up. That's about all you're getting out of him.
0: <laughs> he's going to come out and stand out with his hands up? He's going to be Mark Eaton? What else be, he going to do? <laughs> he's going to be Mark Eaton. Look, first and foremost, man. a lot of people, when they talk about Ben Simmons, it comes from a place of emotion. And I understand that. I understand that. But taking a step back and looking at a guy who has a certain skill set, and while you may not like his skill set, it is what it is. And for the first time in his career, for the first time in his career, he's surrounded by scores. He's surrounded by guys, perimeter players, who can score in isolation, who can score in half set. But guys who aren't valuing scores, guys that are efficient scores, so he'll be he'll be able to take advantage of a Lonnie Walker the third or Lonnie Walker the fourth, excuse me, a Mattel Bridges and a Spencer Dinwiddie, and and a Nick Claxton. That's a pretty decent lineup. Now, what position is he going to play? That's an awesome question. That's a great question. And to that, I would just answer this way. Positionless basketball is something that has been successful in the NBA. It's not going to win you championships, but no one's talking about the Nets winning the title. But if the Nets make it, if the Nets are at sixth seed in the playoffs, that's a great season for them. That's a terrific season for them, considering what they tried to do initially in buying a title with the, the albatross that is Kevin Durant, which we'll get to and way, way down, and the – I used to call a peanut brittle, but I got too much love for him now to call peanut brittle. So i just say with Kyrie Irving, with his willy, willy, will he, will he, not he, he room. and with James Harden, now they don't have that. They don't have that, man. And I think that's going to matter with Ben. Now, look, he's got two years left in the NBA. Let's, let's call that out. If he doesn't produce this year, if he has another back injury or if he has another questionable injury – Next year will be his last year in the NBA. And more than likely, the Nets will just pay him to go away. He'll be a sitting $40 million contract that'll be available for – that'll be an expiring contract similar to what the Sixers are trying to do with James Harden. That'll be there. But when you see the likes of guys like Donovan Mitchell not extending their contract, and while Donovan has put up tremendous offensive numbers, he's a guy who's going to possibly be highly sought after in the the offseason. The Nets will have leverage, so Ben. So Ben, they're not depending on Ben to play. He's got nothing to do other than play. So if he doesn't play, and you're right. I'll take that. But something inside of me instinctively is telling me this dude is going to come out and ball this year. Now he may get hurt again, and I, you know, I can't control that. But he. But I'm I, gonna take I, that I,
1: as an absolute certainty on the <laughs> Vegas line. <laughs>
0: I like whatever the money
1: line is on over under for his games played. Take the under.
0: Well I'm I'm not I'm not done with the blasphemy as you say. I actually like I like this net team to compete for the 6th seed in the East.
1: I don't hmm. think,
0: I don't think they're going to be I mean a the
1: East is terrible so that's not really saying much. Well you say the East once is terrible. get ter- past? Once you get past Milwaukee, Boston and I guess the Sixers cuz you don't know what they're going to give you. I mean, Miami, maybe. All right, who else is left? Everybody else is a crapshoot. Like, yeah, I could see the 60, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, you just told
0: me how bad they're, how bad Ben Simmons is. So now they've got no defense and no guard. Because Mikel Bridges, if he's your defensive stopper and your two-way player, that's not going to last. And you're leading. And you're, you're first, well, maybe he's not your first off. That's another thing. They've got options. Now, when I say the 60s, you say that's no big deal. What were you? What are you expecting for them going in? You weren't expecting them to be a six c Now you said he no. sucks. You said he sucks, but you, you need. Still to, got they
1: need to land a superstar free agent, or they need to they need to get lucky and draft a a, a piece that's going to turn into something. That's that's really all they can do at this point. I
0: disagree. I don't think. I hate the premise, and I'm not saying it for you specifically. I'm just saying in general. I hate the premise that general managers use this low hanging fruit. We're going to go out and trade for a superstar. Dude, do the grind. Find a player that can develop into a superstar. Go out that's and fair. get player development coaches who can help these guys ascend. Take that talent to the next level. Stop trying to find a guy out there that can that, that's available. Stop using the Daryl Morey school of thought. Do some damn work. So I hate that, you know, they're going to try. But they don't really need a superstar, not just because the East is weak. We got Boston, and I don't think Boston... I actually think the Nets... This is a major if. If they're healthy. I think the Nets go further than the Boston Celtics. Stop. Stop.
1: Good night. Good night. Take a you Well, know,
0: Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Now, you've had your, you, you've had your bluster. Now, hear me out. The Celtics added a guy, Christoph Rezengas, on his fourth team. Uh-huh. In each step, he's supposed to be something. When he was in New York, he was supposed to be the franchise player. And that didn't work out. He goes to Dallas, he's supposed to be Robin. And that didn't work out. He goes to Washington, he's supposed to reclaim his career, find his all-star form, help them contend for a playoff position. And that didn't work out. Now he's going to Boston.
1: Uh, he did everything but contend for a playoff position, and that wasn't his fault. The team was loaded with injury. Bradley Bill didn't play.
0: Is that Bradley Bill never plays? Look, that's my get, point. I'ma I'm say that for the Phoenix Suns. But yeah. Bradley Bill. But it's never present as fault. There's always a reason to excuse why he doesn't deliver. Now he's going to Boston and he's going to be replacing the grit, the soul of that team, the guy who held everybody account- accountable publicly. And I tell you all the time, accountability is the number one trait or number one skill set you have to have. He held I him, agree. But he also is replacing a guy in Grant Williams who knew his role, who was a star in his role, something that the Olympic team needs star role players, not role players that are stars. He's replacing those two players. He's walking into a situation where Malcolm Brogdon and everyone can say Malcolm Brogdon is being a malcontent, but this is a dude who's never had a bad day. This is a guy who's like a uh, who's like a missionary, and and he's all of a sudden mad at the Celtics. That doesn't make sense. And yeah, it could be because of the trade, but I think it's more to that. This team is imploding. And another thing you can't do, you can't sit back and fire guys and remove guys who are better qualified than the guys you're replacing them with. And I'm going to give you one more example with that. Sam Cassell is the assistant coach to Joe Mazzul. Are you kidding me? Give give me Sam Cassell's resume. Top tier player at a high, uh, top tier player played for one of the best coaches in college basketball history, Leonard Hamilton. In Florida State, wins two championships with one of the greatest players of all time in Akeem Olajuwon and one of the best NBA coaches in Rudy Tomjanovich, then wins another championship in Boston, right, has a stellar career, takes the Clippers to the second round of playoffs long before, long before Live City, when they had expectations, when the Clippers were nobody, he was the guy to lean in there. Tudor Steve spaghetti
1: Nash.
0: Tudor Steve Nash. And now he's supposed to sit behind a guy because he's from New England? Because Joe Missoula's in Rhode Island, he's the man for the job? Stop playing with me. No. Sam Cassell is the better qualified, better candidate for that position. So I wouldn't be surprised if that team implodes early and Cassell sits on his hands because when Missoula gets fired, Cassell's getting that job. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. So the point I'm trying to make, I went into the Celtics and go back to the Nets here. The point is, I think the Nets know who they are right now. I think they know what they have right now. And I think they know where they're trying to go right now. And the goal is not to win a title. The goal is not to be on TNT. The goal is to play well and play hard every night. And they've got the horses to do it. Look, I think the Nets will be one of the final four teams playing in Eastern got barring hell, as long as they help. They'll be one of the final four teams. And when you say that's not a lot to say, well, the Celtics will make the playoffs. The Knicks will make the playoffs. Sixers will make the playoffs. Bulls will make the playoffs. Cavs will make the playoffs. The Bucks will make the playoffs. That's six teams right there. And that's not including the Heat, that's not including your Pacers, and that's not including any other, um, let's say, playing team you want to consider. So to say the Nets will be one of the top six teams, I think it's a pretty big statement, but I, I'm standing on it. I like what they're going to do going forward. But I do not believe Mikael Bridges will be an all. I think he'll be a really good player. there will be a team. They'll be coined. That'll be their mantra all season, team without a star. Team without, with uh, full of no name. No, we're just a bunch of guys coming to play. But they'll, they'll play that crap up all week. You know, they, they didn't want to hire Jock Vaughn. Then they fired him. Then they bring him back. Then they let him go. Then they bring him back. Like they're a team full of retreads.
1: I like. How- well, good. Well, I, I think that the issue with Brooklyn, um, and even if you want to go to Boston, before we go back to Brooklyn. I think that I agree about the Missoula hire. I think they were caught off guard by the whole M.E.U. Udoka thing, and they were more worried about public perception versus getting the wrong man for the wrong job. Uh, hence why M.E.U. Udoka landed on his feet with a young up-and-down team in Houston, and I think they're going to be fun to watch. A bunch of young kids that can get out and run. But for Brooklyn, I mean, uh, but for Boston, anytime you got Tatum and Brown, they're they're going to get to the second round. They're not losing in the first round to anybody. Whether Porzingis plays or not, Porzingis only has to be the third, maybe fourth option most nights, which he hasn't had to be at any other stop he's been at. At Dallas, he had to be Robin. At Washington, he had to be the 2-3. Here, he gets to be the 3-4 because he's not going to take more shots than Tatum or Brown. They need him to be a rim stopper. Get 10-12 points a game, 8-9 rebounds, a couple blocks. That's all. And he can do that. So the idea that he can't come in and contribute and make this team better, yeah, does he have the emotional fortitude of a Grant Williams or a Marcus Smart? No. But They realized that that didn't get them any closer to a championship than not. So they might as well go in a different direction and get guys that can put the ball in the hoop. One of the things that Marcus Smart struggled with and one of the things that Grant could only do in spurts. So I understand the need for the move. I understand why they did it. And listen, I think it's going to work out the way that it should work out. Um, As far as Brooklyn goes. I understand your argument about Mikel Bridges and maybe not being an all-star. And you know what? That's a fair takeaway because we haven't seen it yet. But the one thing we knew that Jay Wright could always do, he could always draft kids that could play ball. And one of the things about Mikel, and this is why I was so disappointed the Sixers passed on him, that 3 and D matters in the NBA. You get a guy that can do those two things well, he's always going to have time on the floor. You add a kid who had the green light, which he's never had. Even at Villanova, he didn't have the green light. He now gets to come and be a guy with, he can take as many shots as he wants. And you saw what you got out of him last year when you just let him shoot, fire away, 30 point games, 40 point games from a kid that was averaging 15 in Phoenix, who people thought, oh, he's an all right guy, but we don't know. Then he goes to Brooklyn, all of a sudden he's lighting it up. Do they need another guy to play with him? Yes. Do I think they can get to the sixth seed? Yes. I mean, like I said, it's not saying much because the East isn't that great. East hasn't been great in, you know, a decade and a half. But, do I think that them being a six seed means that they're going to get past the second round? Eh, no, because I don't think they're better than the Knicks. I don't think they're better than Cleveland, if healthy. And I don't think they're better than the other four teams you already mentioned. Maybe Chicago, but Chicago is not going to be a top five team anyway. Chicago, for some reason, can't seem to put all the pieces together. So the teams they'd have to be Boston? No. Milwaukee? No. Even the Sixers with all their problems? No. That's why I don't think that they would get past the second round and, and, and be one of the final four teams playing.
0: Well, no, I, when I, I said Final Four in the Eastern Conference, I think they're going to get yeah, to the, the East, Yeah, yeah, in the
1: East. Yeah, I yeah.
0: think they'll be – I think they'll get to the second round, and I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up playing Boston in the first round and beat them. I and you smoked. No, no, I think they beat – that. look at the matchups now. The only team I don't believe they could beat and then set four times in an eight-day span would be the Sixers and obviously the Milwaukee Bucks. Other than that, I think they're good. I think the Knicks are going to surprise some people. We don't seem to be that. We don't have that much of a differing opinion other than on Ben Simmons. And, you know, only time will tell sooner. Like nah, I said, I wish him the best, even if E.T. wishes him the opposite. Sooner or later, we'll see who the profit is. That's it for this episode <laughs> of Umbrella Sports Talk. We'll be jumping right back with another NBA breakdown. I, I wonder who we got next. I'm thinking it's uh, Charlotte Hornets. That should be quick and painless, or quick and painful. As always, for every Terry, I'm Kwame Fisher-Jones. We appreciate your time here. would we'll be, we'll be easy. All right.